ION 2020 episode 104. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020, your source for the news and the related events with regards to the 2020 election and the lead up to it. I am your host, and every day, Monday through Friday, I've been bringing you guys shows to make sure that you guys know what's going on with the 2020 election, with all the candidates, all of their ideas, all of the principles that they stand for, and among other things, that's what I try to do anyway. So I appreciate you guys listening, I really do. Man, I was at Disney World over the weekend. I took my family down there, and it was hot, I tell you what. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to Disney World before, but uh, it was blazing, man. We went to Animal Kingdom first thing in the morning. That's the park that they have down there with uh, all the zoo animals and things like that. They have a big nature preserve. They also have the the new Avatar area, uh, which is cool. I mean, my kids loved it. We had a good time and all that. But I think by about we got there about 8 o'clock in the morning. By 1 o'clock, I think it was 100 degrees. It was absolutely crazy. And uh, I don't know that I will be doing another trip down to Disney World for all. It was just a little Memorial Day thing. We had uh, some free tickets to get down there and go. Uh, we stayed at a really nice resort down there as well with a water park and everything. So good time. The kids liked it. But um, now I am back. I am back. Oh, we ended up going to Epcot. That's the other thing that we did. We uh, took the afternoon off. We went and uh, sat by the pool and got cooled off and everything. Because by about 1.30, I think we were back to the, the resort that we were at. We, we uh sat by the pool, but then, I don't know, about 6 o'clock, we uh, drove back over to Disney World, and we went over to Epcot Center and did a little, you know, some fun stuff. Uh, I don't know if, if you've ever been to Disney World, Epcot Center has, like, this place called the World Showcase, and what it does, what it does is each, like, a bunch of different countries, I think when they started Epcot Center, they invited a bunch of countries to come and uh, build or sponsor a pavilion there, which they're all really cool. They're based upon, like, the designs are usually based upon something that's within their country, and they have this whole worldview thing, you know, going on there. I thought it was I don't know. It's kind of corny, if you ask me. Being a libertarian, I want there to be individual liberty. I want there to be less government. And a lot of the things that they talk about there is kind of propaganda, it seems like to me. <laughs> when we were at Epcot Center, it was, you know, that that's just, I mean, you go on Spaceship Earth and they talk about, uh, like, it. it's a ride that's in the big ball. If you've ever seen Epcot Center before, there's a huge ball. And that's the ride that's in it. It's called Spaceship Earth. And they change it every so often, but it kind of has the same message consistently. And you start off, and it talks about uh, the human humans starting to write on walls and stuff, and that's how they communicated way back when. 
not really communicated, but they started uh, writing on walls. But then eventually, you know, the first people started creating the alphabet. And then they eventually it goes through the printing press and stuff. And it's just little, when you're going through the ride, you're just kind of sitting there watching it. And it has a little um, speaker behind you that's kind of narrating the whole story to you. And then at the end, it talks about, you know, the computer age and where are we going to go from here and things like that. We have to come together as a people of the world to make it a better thing because that's how we've always done it in the past is we've built this world together and blah, blah, blah. Not talking anything about the major wars and just the fact that this entire world has been at war from the very beginning of time. You know, that's like men look for power. That's what people do. They look for power. And the the history of the world is kind of a a history of people trying to vie for power and wealth and everything else. And they use the government and the force of government and so or they basically use soldiers to like a rich guy or rich person or someone that has a a group of people. They band together they start becoming warriors and then they fight and they conquer people and they tax them because they realize well if i go and i just burn this village and kill all the people then i get the wealth one time so they realized really quick that if i just go in there and conquer these people and then put my people among them to tax them we can continue to create wealth that way, it's like farming different people, essentially. I mean, you could go in and you could take all the crops from a field and then burn it and salt it, and you could never grow crops there again, right? Or you can take that field and continue to cultivate it. And I think that's, I mean, that quickly, I, quickly, very quickly, people started realizing that. So, I mean, the idea that communication over time has made the world better, yeah, that's true, that is absolutely true, but the, the, the concept that they have is we've always overcome our challenges and our problems in the world and all that, and, you know, I just did not buy it. I did not buy that stuff whatsoever, um, but I mean, I've been to Epcot Center a bazillion times in my life. I really have. Um, growing up, I grew up in Florida, so we would go there as kids and just spend, we had annual passes when I was a kid there. So we'd go there all the time. So to me, I like going back there just to bring my kids, <coughs> excuse me. I like to bring my kids there every so often just to, uh, see how things are, you know, see what the, see how, see how things have changed, show them the sites kind of reminisce about things that I used to do as a kid. I think that's really fun to do. So, uh, especially Epcot center, it hasn't changed that much since then, especially the world showcase. Um, and it's really fun to grab a drink at every single pavilion, which we used to do when I was younger as well. Uh, nowadays, I drink like I drank maybe two or three beers while I was there yesterday, and uh, it was a good time. So now I'm back. Now I am uh, back to doing the show. I'm sure you guys listened to the show that I put out for Memorial Day, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, go ahead if you can. If you like what you heard yesterday, if you like what you hear today. Go ahead and subscribe to this show, and then if you really like what you hear, you can share it with your friends, because this is the place that you can come to Monday through Friday for a libertarian look at the news and the related events that go along with the 2020 election, all right? I'd really love to see, the, and I love to see every day the listenership growing up. I like to see, you know, those numbers, they're just, they continue to 
go up every single day, it seems like to me. And it's really exciting. I think what we're doing here, uh, putting together, you know, with me putting together this show, uh, it's going to be able to bring in people that are from the left, from the right, because I am covering a lot of their issues, right? But then I take it from a libertarian perspective, and maybe, just maybe, a few people will hear it and maybe not change their views completely, but as they continue to listen, maybe they will, right? And that's our goal, to spread liberty, to water the tree of liberty. That's what some of the founding fathers, I've heard a few quotes back, way back when, about the, you know, them saying, we've got to water this tree of liberty. Now, I think that they talked about it from a war standpoint. Every so often we have to sacrifice our bloods to water the tree of liberty. But you know what? We do live in a republic where if we can really start educating the people, educating the masses, letting them know about liberty and the thing, and the, you know, the, the benefits of liberty, if we can be outspoken about those things, just like the socialists are way outspoken about their issues, right? If we can be outspoken about our issues and re- get people to realize that individual liberty, personal responsibility, communities that come together to help their own through the things that we have with technology nowadays, like, you know, if you're, if you're sick and you need to get medicine and you can't afford it, you can start a, you know, a fun, a GoFundMe campaign. And there's lots of other ways to do it as well. Like we could bypass government in the world that we live in today and take personal responsibility for ourselves and the people around us as well. Now you don't have to take personal responsibility for the people around you, but, um, that's what, Liberty, that's what being liberty-minded encourages you to do because you're not looking for the easy solution of just some politician saying, I'm going to help these people out and then we're going to send the cops to collect your money. We don't, I mean, that, that's the type of world that we don't want to live in. So if we want to live in a world like that, we need to start taking personal responsibility for ourselves and creating those networks in order to make those things happen. And there's lots of people out there that are doing that. There's people out there that have started these different websites on helping people like the GoFundMe idea and so forth, right? There is that ability for you to raise money for a needed cause nowadays or for your friend's cause and so forth. We have that ability. So as we start to bring this message forward to more people, it's going to be, I mean, I've said this a million times in the past, guys. When I was first became a libertarian in 1999, <clears throat> All you ever heard about was, actually, you never heard about libertarianism, to be honest with you. Um, I, was, I was lucky enough to be in the room of a college professor, an economics professor, Jack Chambliss, at the college that I was in, and he was a libertarian, and he started putting together, he put together his own economics book based upon libertarian principles, based upon, based upon free market principles, and he put together that book. And his, his macro and his micro books were written by him from that perspective, and it really just blew me away. And then I started learning a little bit more about libertarianism and liberty, and then I decided that I was a libertarian. I was never a hardcore libertarian back then, but I was. I, took a, I looked at things through that perspective, through that lens. And, but there was really not a lot of information back then. I mean, I remember looking through books and books trying to find information. The only thing you really find was Ayn Rand and a few other authors, um, Harry Brown and a few other, uh, what's her name, uh, Mary, Mary Ruert, right? Uh, she was, you know, there, there was a few books like that, but there was not a lot of information that was easily accessible. You didn't, I mean, you had the Mises, Mises.org back then, but how would you find it, you know? 
But nowadays, it's just freely available. There's so much information there. I mean, a lot of these books on Mises.org, they're not just, just the books, it's the audio of them. So it's just amazing the ability that we have nowadays to find more and more information, right? And that's what we need to do. We need to be able to put together this information in a concise way that people will listen to it. And then we can build a movement. We can continue getting this ball rolling forward. When I was a libertarian, it seemed like when I first became a libertarian, it seemed like it was a little teeny snowball rolling down that hill. Ron Paul comes around. That thing just starts, you know, 2008 with his campaign, 2007. It just became, you know, a huge, you know, a huge snowball that's just massive boulder. Now we have an avalanche going, it seems like to me. And all the new libertarians out there, they a lot of us, we or a lot of them, they complain about, you know, it's it's not going our way, but it is. The information's out there. We're just not loud enough, and that's what it really is, guys. So, um, get out there and, you know, send people to different libertarian shows, podcasts, YouTube videos. Share all that information, guys. Share it. And if you really want to, you can share my podcast too. I'd appreciate that. So uh, you can find me though on iontheempire.com. You could also follow me on my Facebook and also on Twitter. That is at I Am The Empire. And on Facebook, if you just type in I Am The Empire, uh, you'll be able to find my page as well. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about today also was this idea of what uh, Julian, what's happening with Julian Assange, Assange right now. Um, he is having charges put against him where he has 27, I think it's espionage charges, that are against him, and the precedent is being set right now where that's a First Amendment right, freedom of the press, right? That the Congress will not make laws. So let me go ahead and just actually read it. It says, Congress shall pass, shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble, and to petition the government for the redresses of grievances, right? So Congress shall make no law respecting, and then the, what, or the press, right? So abridging the freedom of speech, or the press. If Congress shall make no law in that way, then the idea is that you inherently have those rights. Congress cannot pass a law that says that you don't have those rights because you don't have those rights because of Congress. The government doesn't give you those rights. Those are inherent rights that you have. It's the Bill of Rights. You have the freedom of religion. You have the freedom of speech. You have the freedom of the press. You have the right to peacefully assemble. And you have the right to petition the government for the redress of grievances. You have those rights. Those are rights that are given to you, not by the government, but by your maker, or they're just inherent rights. They're natural rights that you have. And government should not be able to pass laws taking those rights away from you. So Julian Assange right now is in a situation where he has the government taking away his First Amendment right of freedom of press. And, he, and then this article that I found on thehill.com, it says, uh, Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat of Oregon, expressed concerns Thursday about the Espionage Act charges against WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, warning a p- potential 
chilling effect on the First Amendment. This is not about Julian Assange. This is about the use of the Espionage Act to charge a recipient and publisher of classified information, Wyden said in a statement. I am extremely concerned about the precedent this may set and potential dangers to the work of journalists and the First Amendment. And I think I've said this in the past on one of the shows, but it's completely true. Every journalist now, if there's going to be espionage charges put against Julian Assange, every time a, an, a news agency gets anything, they're going to be scared to publish it, especially if it's against the government. Whistleblowers are going to have a very hard time bringing their information to light because of this. It's setting a terrible precedent, and it's wrong. And we need to protect that First Amendment right, because if they take away the freedom of press, then they take away the freedom of speech, then they take away the freedom of assembly, then they take, I mean, they just start pulling apart these rights. And it would be devastating to our country. It's devastating to what the founding fathers envisioned of this country. And it's completely wrong. And the problem is, though, and the problem that this gets to is the separation of powers right? Where the government, the, the, basically, if they're charging him on the Espionage Act, and that's the executive branch that is making those charges, essentially, right? Because that would be um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the organizations, maybe the FBI or the Department of Justice, I think, would be the ones that would be making these charges, right? And that is overseen by Donald Trump or the executive, if it was any other executive as well. So, The challenge there is, can the Congress bypass, you know, bypass this? I'm not sure. And you have a Democrat Congress, you have a House of Representatives run by the Democrats, but then you have the Senate. So, I mean, for them to pass anything through is going to be a very big challenge. So, basically, the president has a lot of free reign to do whatever he wants to in this world, or in this situation. And then they also have control, basically, of the... um, the judiciary as well. So he's in a bad, I mean, Julian Assange is in a bad situation, but this is a direct threat, a direct attack on the First Amendment right now. And it's scary to see that. To me, it really is, because that's the direction that the country is going at that point, right? Is that we're going to be looking in a situation where every amendment is under attack. You already you have major attacks on the Second Amendment right now, Attacks on the Fourth and the Fifth Amendment, like it's just everything. I mean, the Tenth Amendment went away from the, you know, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments went away from the very beginning almost. And uh, our government has unlimited power in a lot of ways, but we need to protect that. I mean, we, we need to we need to start working to pull apart this government of unlimited power that we have, and you cannot have all of that control in the hands of the executive branch as well. You can't. Donald Trump is doing things right now where he is selling, I saw a news article over the weekend that was saying that he was selling arms to the Saudis, bypassing congressional approval of selling like $9 billion worth of weapons to the Saudis on an emergency declaration. So we're going we're gonna to basically bypass Congress in every situation now through an emergency, de- emergency declaration. He did it with the wall and trying to get funding for the wall, and now he's doing it to sell... Thing, you know, sell weapons to the Saudis. It's just absolutely terrible, the things that are going on with regards to this, you know, this executive. There's no executive oversight right now. And uh, 
that's a huge challenge in my mind. Like it really scares, scares the pants off of me right now that my children will be living in a world like that. So, um, but the, the article that I was talking about with the Saudis is this, all of the stuff that's been going on with the news, you've probably heard it, that, um, Iran was over in Yemen and they supposedly bombed a couple tankers or something like that, or, you know, sabotaged a couple of tankers. And then also there was like a rocket that was shot into the green zone in Iraq. And they were saying that, you know, the, and then they also, you know, the U S government was saying that that was led by the Iranian government. And then on top of that, they were talking about these ideas of this threat that the Iranians are going to start, um, trying to attack American troops that were over there, you know, or American interests over there. So, was all of that built up? Were all of those kind of false flag ideas, I guess, built up in order for Donald Trump to to um, send, you know, did he build up this whole thing in the news media in order to be able to declare an emergency? I mean, that would be the worst case scenario right there, that all of those things were just you know, built up in the news media as if there was a real threat so he can declare an emergency order to sell, sell, you know, sell $9 billion worth of weapons to the, to the Saudi Arabian government. To me, if that is the case, then it truly is a fact, an absolute fact that our government is run by Lockheed Martin and the others in the uh, military industrial complex absolutely true that is this government is run bought and paid for by them if they're willing to declare an emergency order based upon false claims i mean they went to war under false claims though they did they went to war in iraq under false claims so i wouldn't put it past them but it is our job as Americans, it is our job as the people in this country to hold our leaders accountable. I don't care, I mean, libertarians, we always say we want to just step away from this. But no, they're taking my tax money on a daily basis. Every time I go to work, I work for the first four hours to pay for them. And they're using my money to go over there and do that stuff. So I need to be one that is taking action and doing something. I have to. And so do you. Because they're doing it in your name every single day if you're an American. So I think it's important that we stand up, for, stand up for this. We educate people that we do what we're doing every single day to educate people on the negativity of the government that we live under. So um, the things that they do. Now when Donald Trump does good things, I will give him praise on those things. I will. Same thing with any other, any other person in Congress if they're doing something. If they're willing to go up there and start voting to get rid of laws, that would be great. I mean, I heard, uh, I read something maybe on Facebook the other day that Congress has only passed 17, or the United States government has only passed 17 laws this year. And I said, woohoo, that's 17 too many. That's 17 too many laws. So if they're going to start passing laws to get rid of laws, or they're going to start passing laws to get rid of departments, then that's a great law to have, right? And hopefully that's the case. But I mean, it is our job, it is our responsibility to get out there and at least educate people on liberty, and then educate people to start voting for candidates that are going to pull apart 
and pick apart the federal government, start to bring it back, start to reel it in, start to pull the troops home, people that are going to advocate for those things. Those are so important because we do have an executive that's out of control. We absolutely do. We've had an executive that's out of control, though. We've had it since, I mean, since Theodore Roosevelt, since before then. I mean, the executive has always tried to exercise control. Abraham Lincoln did it, you know? Using executive orders, using emergency declarations in order to get things passed through, to bypass the Congress, to get rid of the separation of powers that the federal government has that's in place for a reason so that we don't live under a dictatorship. There's a reason why that we're not living in a country like North Korea or Saudi Arabia or Russia. There's a reason why we're not living in a country like that is because we have that separation of powers so that you can't have one person that gets his will because one person that gets his will turns into Hitler or, or Lenin or Stalin or Mao. That's what happens when one person gets their will. That's, when you, that's what happens when you have no executive oversight. So we need to reel these people in. And it's important. It's important to do that. So that's my challenge, guys. That's my challenge to you. Just get out there and let people know about the message of liberty. Let people know about limited government, personal responsibility, things like that the libertarian message. And if you do that, come back tomorrow. Ion 2020 will be here. I'll be here. And uh, go ahead, subscribe to the show if you want to hear the show tomorrow. And then come on back and you'll have clear vision for 2020.